Well, Jack and Kiki and Susanna and Sally have just returned from far north Queensland. Uh, there's a story told about someone swimming in a waterhole in far north Queensland. He paddled out into the middle and was floating on his back, just enjoying the sun. He saw a huge crocodile slide down the bank and slip into the water and head straight towards him. The man started swimming as fast as he could, but the crocodile was quickly gaining. He got more and more desperate as he heard the splashing of the crocodile get closer and closer. Finally, he was so frantic, he cried out a prayer. Lord, help me, save me. Lord, please make that crocodile a Christian. Suddenly, the noise of the advancing crocodile stopped. The man turned around slowly. As he did, he saw the crocodile stop dead in the water, clasp its front feet together, look heavenward and say, God, bless the food which I'm about to eat. Uh, Two very different kinds of prayers. Ephesians 6 tells us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. How would you describe your prayer life? Sometimes we pray like the man, desperate, urgent, rushed, wanting something from God. Other times it's more like the crocodile, (laughs) thankful and grateful for God's blessings that just happened to land in our pond. (laughs) Prayer, it's something some of us do well and others not so well. But however well we pray, I've never met anyone for whom prayer came easily. It's a struggle. It's a struggle I'm sure we'll feel our whole lives. But whatever we're like at praying, no one would argue that prayer is something uh, that's not important. We would all say it's important. It's crucial for the individual Christian and just as much for us as a church. And when we turn to Ephesians, we see that prayer was vital, vitally important for Paul. It played a very important part in his ministry. Chapter 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He gave thanks for the Ephesians like the crocodile. Well, not really like the crocodile. He wasn't about to eat them. Uh, A little bit further on in chapter 3 of Ephesians we read, For this reason I, Paul, kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp or to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So he's praying specific things for the Ephesians, attitudes and experiences and things to understand, all kinds of prayers. But not just from Paul, he encouraged his readers, the Ephesians, to pray as well. Uh, we read it, read it this morning in chapter 6, verse 18. He commands them to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we're going to spend a few moments looking at the specific things Paul had to say about prayer in these few verses in chapter 6. In his Just So Stories, Rudyard Kipling, the author, said, 
Six faithful men taught me everything I knew. What, when and where, why and how and who. Ask questions and you find out things, is what he meant. And so we'll look at prayer asking those same six questions. Firstly, who? Who is prayer addressed to? That might seem like an obvious question, but too often we pray without thinking about who we're praying to. Uh, Perhaps we begin with the same words in our prayers that we always use. Maybe it's dear God or Heavenly Father and then it's straight into the prayer and then for the next few moments our minds are full not of God but of the things that we need to get from him. Our focus is on earth rather than on heaven. But who does Paul pray to? Well back in chapter 1 verse 17 He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So he's not just praying to God, he's praying to the God who sent Jesus. That makes a huge difference when it comes to our prayer. God isn't just up there, he's involved in his creation. He wants to rescue and redeem us. Jesus is God's declaration of imminence. That's a big word. It just means he's with us. Uh, it's, Jesus means God is close and active and involved with us. And if God went to such lengths to send his own son to rescue us, how much more will he listen when we pray? It helps to remember that he's the God of Uh, our Lord Jesus when we pray. What difference does Jesus make in our attitude to prayer? Well, it means we can be confident to pray. Because of the work of Jesus, we have great assurance that our prayers make it to God. He's our advocate, the one who speaks up for us, our representative before God the Father. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. That's encouraging, isn't it? Jesus intercedes when we pray. He speaks up for us. So we can pray with confidence. But not only that, in chapter 1 verse 17 we see that he's the glorious Father We pray to our glorious Heavenly Father. What difference, uh, what's the difference between asking your Father for something and asking someone who doesn't know you or is not committed to you? Your Father is committed to wanting what's best for you, to provide and protect for you. And if our earthly fathers give us good things, how much more can we trust our Heavenly Father to look after us? Pray to your glorious Father. Uh, In your news sheets you should have received a blue sheet of paper. It's a list of all the names that the Bible uses for God. Did you realise there were so many of them? You see, the names that we use to address God will influence our attitude when we pray. they will keep our mind focused on who we're talking to. There's a second part of that blue sheet as well. It describes the qualities of God or his attributes. 
what he's like. And as we remind ourselves of what God is like, we can praise him. We, we praise him for his compassion or his justice or his love or his forgiveness or his mercy. And we find that as we pray and as we focus on God that we're changed. Our prayers become more real and have greater depth and are more personal. So take that blue sheet and put it in your Bible and and, and use it when you pray. Well, that's the first question. Who? What about where? Where do you pray? Well, these verses we read in chapter 6, the context of them is describing our spiritual armour. And why do we need to put on spiritual armour? Because the world is a spiritual place. We saw this in our first talk in the series. Verse 11 says, Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. That's the where of prayer. Prayer occurs in the the realm or the the area of spiritual warfare. Most people don't pray. That's because they don't realise that the world is spiritual. If you think this world that we see is all that there is, then prayer is irrelevant. It's a waste of time. But if there really is a spiritual battle and if God really is in control and Satan and his forces really do want to see the gospel stopped, then prayer is a a very important tool. It's a powerful weapon. We are at the centre of God's plans when we pray. Nothing's more important than that. It's funny, isn't it? We'd all say, yes, that's true with our heads and yet, in practice, most of us pray very little. A few minutes a day, maybe ten. Why are prayer meetings so poorly attended? Why is prayer in our Bible study groups an afterthought? If you have time, we pray. Why do we spend so little time in personal prayer? Why does it have such a low priority? We need to see the world the way God sees it, as a place where spiritual battles are going on, where every conversation is a skirmish, a battle. Every scripture lesson, every Bible study, every family devotion is a training mission. If we think like that, it should transform the way we approach prayer. Well, that's the where of prayer. What about the what? What are we to pray? Chapter 18, uh, verse 18 of chapter 6 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There's a, a wide variety of ways to pray. We can worship God. We can tell him how great he is. We can declare back to him the things that we love about him. We can thank him, thank him for his blessings and his mercies and his graces. We can thank him for personal things. We can thank him for things he's done for our family, our church, our nation, our world. We can confess our sin. It helps to be specific about sin rather than just say, sorry for all the bad things I did yesterday. 
Think back over the day or the week and recall particular times that you've sinned, attitudes or words or behaviour, even times when you failed to do the right thing. It's good to be specific, not because God needs us to mention every sin. We don't have to name it for it to be forgiven, but it's good for us to recognise our sin so we can do something about it. That's one reason I value our service leaders who lead us in prayer and the prayers that Marjorie writes for us because they take the time to be specific about sin and the things that we pray for forgiveness. And those help me to recognise things about myself that need repentance. And there's things that we can ask God for. We ask for ourselves, we ask for others. To make sure we pray in a balanced way, that we pray all of those things, people have come up with various acronyms or words to help us remember. Uh, One is ACTS, A-C-T-S, which stands for Adoration, Worship, Confession, Thanksgiving and Supplication. That's asking for things, A-C-T-S. Another is J-O-Y, Joy, Jesus, pray for Jesus, pray for others and then pray for yourself last. That's a good way to make sure that you don't just pray for selfish things. But it's not just the words that we pray. There are all kinds of ways to pray as well. We can pray by ourselves or in a group. We can pray in bed. We can pray kneeling or standing or sitting. We can pray over breakfast. We can pray instead of breakfast. We can pray on the train or the bus, walking the streets or even riding a bike. If you struggle praying the way that you always pray, why not try some different ways? Maybe write out your prayers. Write a letter to God. It doesn't matter to God. If you pray more doing something different, that's got to be better. Or maybe use the Psalms as a guide. Pray the Psalms. One thing that the Psalms do is give us permission to express negative emotions to God, to express sadness or bitterness or frustration or even anger. God knows our hearts and he wants us to hand over everything to him. So don't think you only have to be happy before you can pray. Well, that's the what. Closely connected to what is when. If we're to pray in a variety of ways, then that makes sense It makes sense that we aren't restricted in when we pray. Verse 18 says pray on all occasions. Formal, informal. Private, public. By yourself, in a group. Celebrations. Pray in times of sorrow. Include God in every part of life. He's there anyway. Acknowledge him. Give him the place that he deserves on all occasions. Are you a restaurant grace person? Do you say grace when you go to restaurants? Someone I know used to joke when we were at a restaurant, whose turn is it to uh, scratch their nose and mumble? 
You know, dear God, thanks for the food. Wouldn't want anybody to see. God is the Lord of restaurant food just as much as the food you eat at home, isn't he? So pray on all occasions. Well, what about praying for someone over the phone? Have you ever done that? Seems a bit weird at first. I find if I just close my eyes, it's the same as if they're right there in the room with me when I pray over the phone for someone. Fifthly, how are we to pray? Paul gives us a couple of hints. Verse 18, he says, Be alert and keep on praying. In other words, be watchful and stick at it. Be watchful, look for things to pray about. When you get prayer letters, actually keep them. Take notes. Ask people what you can pray about for them and make a note about it and then pray. Don't just say you will. And look for answers for prayer as well. Be watchful for answers. Keep a prayer diary or a journal. What better way to be encouraged to keep praying than to look back and see all the answered prayers, to see how faithful God has been. And Paul says, stick at it. Don't grow tired of praying. To keep praying for years is a sign of trusting that God is uh, of God's providence and sovereignty. He's in control in his time, so stick at it. Well, that's the how we should pray. Finally, we come to why. Why should we pray? Well, the simple answer is because God tells us to. But this passage says we're to pray for the benefit of God's people. In verse 18, Paul says, pray for all the saints. Notice how it's not just pray for the leaders or the missionaries or the sick, pray for all the saints. And you can see the sorts of things that they need in the the verses that come before that. We can pray that all Christians would put on the full armour of God. And what's the the purpose of putting on the armour? Verse 13 says, so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to take your stand and to stand firm. So there's nothing more important than we can pray for each other that we would stand firm, that we persevere. Nothing else matters, does it? Unemployment, sickness, poverty, depression, even death. All sorts of things that we do pray about, but nothing's worse than if they don't stand firm in Jesus. If they give up following Jesus, none of that matters. So pray first that Christians would stand firm. Do we really know that? Do we, how is the importance of that, standing firm, seen in how we look after each other? especially people on the edges of church. Do you notice when people aren't here for a few weeks? Are you praying for those people that they would stand firm? But as well as praying for each other, Paul says he wants the Ephesians to pray for him as well. Verse 19, he says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. 
That's an important thing for Paul because he's writing from prison. He's chained because he's been telling people the gospel. But he doesn't say, pray or be set free. Uh, He prays that despite being in prison, he would still be fearless to make known the message of Jesus. His life is nothing. The gospel's everything. What a wonderful vision of the world that we live in, that it's spiritual. The battle we're part of is spiritual and that's why prayer is so important. Let me finish with the words of a great hymn. We sing it but I wonder if we think about what the words mean. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Saviour, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace, a comfort there. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, great God of all comfort, God of mercy, the God who sent our Lord Jesus Christ, What a great comfort prayer is. What a great weapon. What a source of strength. We're so foolish for not praying more. Please forgive us. Help us to see you, to see the world the way it really is and so to pray more. We pray firstly for all of us that we might stand firm that we would put on the armour that you give us so that we can keep following you all our days. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.